Good morning. It's really good to be here for this special celebration as we install Pastor Brandon Hahn as the pastor of the Ivanrest Church. I should probably make a confession. We haven't been in church for a long time, but please don't pass that on because I don't want everybody to know that. <laughs> it's a privilege for me to be able to bring the message, but that was another thing. Somebody said to me, I thought you didn't preach anymore. And I said, well, I really don't. But if your new pastor asks you, you can't say no to a new pastor. So that's the reason I'm here. The, the uh, message for this morning is based on Ephesians chapter 4. And Brandon was telling me that that's one of his favorite chapters on the church. And it sort of lays out the way he looks at ministry that he's our pastor and teacher to prepare God's people for works of service. And God's people, of course, is all of us. So that's uh, what Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from Ephesians 4. The Apostle Paul writes, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep this unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And then of a part, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, and some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. That's the end of the Bible reading for this morning. People of God, in Matthew chapter 16, the Lord Jesus makes a promise. This is what he says. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And when Jesus made that promise, I think he wants to remind us, first of all, that, that the church as we know it, the church on earth, the Ivanvest church, is not our church, but is his church. Jesus says, I will build my church. And then he adds to that the promise that, that his church is going to be not overtaken by anything. He's, he's telling us when he says the gates of hell will not overcome it, he's saying that nothing in all creation could possibly stop that building process. No persecution, no pandemic, nothing of the kind. 
And that promise from Matthew 16 by the Lord Jesus is really a special promise, a great promise. But sometimes, sometimes you wonder. Just this past Sunday at our house, we were sitting around the dining room table and some of our kids were over for Sunday dinner. And, and one of them was saying, I wonder what's going to happen to the church after this pandemic is going to be over. Are some churches going to be able to make it? Are people going to be coming back to church? And is there going to be the financial things that they will need? And it's true, there are going to be changes, I'm sure, through the pandemic. It's possible that attendance is going to be down. It's possible that some churches are going to be faced with a financial crunch. And I also think that perhaps church buildings might become a little less important than they have been in the past. But the promise stands. Jesus is going to build his church. And I think it's so striking that when we weren't able to come to church, that the Lord used today's technology to spread the gospel even further. It's really kind of telling. You could tune in almost on any online service and listen to the gospel. About two weeks ago, we were listening to a megachurch in Virginia online. And the pastor there was saying that a year ago, they had 3,000 followers on YouTube. A year later today, they have 43,000 followers on YouTube. Just imagine how behind the scenes and through that technology, the Lord Jesus Christ has been building and is building his church. And Jesus has been building the Ivanmas church. I was reading the interesting history that in 1926, I believe, there were a few men who had an open-air ministry here in Granville. And then it became a chapel located on north of 28th Street, also on Ivanmas Avenue. And then, of course, they moved here and became an organized church. And the Lord, in that building process, used ordinary people like you and me. And from among those ordinary people, and that's what Paul talks about, from among those ordinary people like us, the Lord designates some people to have a special assignment. That's why Paul says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And that's the reason we're here this morning. Because, you see, the Lord gives us... Brandon as our pastor and teacher. And that doesn't mean that we put him on a pedestal. And it doesn't mean that, that somehow we be, listen with critical ears. No, it means that he has been sent here for a special purpose, to prepare God's people for works of ministry. And that, that word in the Greek is being used, it refers to people working with their hands. As the fishermen and the, the disciples were mending their nets to getting them ready to go fishing. And that's the idea that Paul wants to set forth, that the pastor and teacher needs to mend, needs to prepare, needs to get us ready so that we can do the works of service in our everyday lives. And he has to do that, of course, through preaching. The form for the installation, which we're going to be reading pretty soon, says that one of the chief tasks for the pastor and teacher is preaching. 
And Brandon loves to preach. We were having lunch quite some time ago when they were first looking at Ivan West. And, and I asked Brandon, and I said, Brandon, you like to preach? He said, I love it. And then I asked Sarah, maybe that wasn't very nice because Brandon's sitting right there. I, I asked Sarah, is, is Brandon a good preacher? And, 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 and she said, he's a great preacher. And of course, I believe her because over the years, I have learned to believe everything a pastor's wife says. <laughs> Brandon, first responsibility, among with many other responsibilities, is to preach, to open God's word, to tell us what God wants us to hear. And of course, that preaching has to be biblical. That goes without saying. And years ago, somebody wrote something about it, and he said there should be two parts of biblical preaching. He said to preach biblically, you have to have prophetic preaching, and you have to have priestly preaching. And he said that prophetic preaching is to disturb the comfortable, and the priestly preaching is to comfort the disturbed. And I like that, because you see, sometimes we almost kind of go to sleep, and sometimes we're not quite awake, and sometimes we don't quite hear what's being said, and sometimes we have to be shaken up and challenged in our everyday lives. And priestly preaching, there are people with burdens in the church that, that need to be comforted in every way. Preaching has to be biblical, it has to come from the Bible, and, but it also has to be practical. It has to reach the people where they're at. Howard Vanderwall, who's the late Howard Vanderwall, wrote a little book. It's called Preaching That Connects. And I believe that preaching has to connect. It has to reach into our lives so that we don't go home after a service and say, well, it's true, but so what? We need to ask the question, what did God say to me this morning? What did he have to say to us? And to preach like that, the pastor and Brandon has to get to know the people, get to know the congregation. And he's already busy doing that. He's not even working here really technically, but he's already meeting with all kinds of people. And I think that's awesome. And I think that when you get to know Brandon, you will really uh, appreciate his, his willingness to be approached and to talk about different things. But the, the preacher has to find out who his people are and where they are and what's going on in their lives. Together with the help of the elders and deacons, the minister of calling, the other staff members, he can't do this on his own, of course, because that would not work out. But he has to somehow get to know the people. The late Louis Smeeds, in one of his books, tells about the advice that he got from some of the, uh, from one of the seminary professors. When he was on his way to go to his first congregation, he says, the seminary professor said to him, Lou, when you start preaching, remember always that you are talking to ordinary people. Because you see, Smeeds was a brilliant theologian and he could preach and had those great orations. And he, he kind of figured when he was going to go to that congregation, he was going to challenge them and he was going to preach on texts like, let justice roll like water. 
And then as he's preaching there, he discovers that in front of him, there are people sitting that have all kinds of needs. People that suffer with, from an addiction. People that are afraid of their health. Other people that can't make it financially. People that are struggling in different ways. And he learned, he says, through that being there, that yes, he had to learn to preach to ordinary people. That's, that's crucially important. And then, of course, as Brandon pastors among us and preaches Sunday after Sunday, you and I have to listen. Listening according to the Lord Jesus is crucially important. Jesus says, be careful how you listen. See, after church, quite often people go home and say, well, how was the preacher this morning? Was the sermon any good? And that's a good question, probably. But there is an equally important question. How was the listener? How were you and me as we listen to it? Because we, we have to hear what God is saying to us. Because, you see, through listening to God's word, we become prepared for works of service. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, we are to be the salt and the light. Salt of the earth. And he says, if salt is no longer salt, it's no good anymore. And if, if you don't spread any light, then you might just as well not be there. We have to make a difference. That's what the Lord Jesus is saying to us as we listen, to make a difference. Years ago, Years ago, when we left the Orland Park Church in Illinois to come to Michigan, one of the elders, and I know that some of you probably have heard this story before, but I'm told that at my age, I'm allowed to repeat myself. Uh, anyway, the, 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 elder, the elder came up to me when I had announced that we were leaving, and he said, uh, are, are your neighbors going to miss you? when you're gone. I, of course, expected him that he was going to come up to me and that he was going to say, oh, we're really going to miss you. No, no. He wanted to know if my neighbors, our neighbors, would miss us once we were gone. And I think that's a crucial question for all of us to ask. Would your neighbors miss you if you were to move? Would your teammates, your classmates, your friends, your colleagues and co-workers, your employers, your employees, the people that you rub elbow with, would they really miss you if you were no longer there? Or would they say, good riddance? Would they miss you because you were something like what Paul is talking about in the first part of this chapter? Humble and gentle, patient, bearing with each other, being the kind of person that Christ wants us to be. That's what we have to be. And that's what we have to become. And that's why we have to listen with open ears to hear what the Lord is saying to us through the messages that Brandon is going to bring. Tony Campolo uh, was a consultant with many churches, and he was with one particular congregation, and he asked the church leadership, he said, uh, if this church were to close, would it make any difference in your community? Would, would people even notice? And again, I think that's a question that the leadership of Ivanrest has to wrestle with. If Ivanrest were to close its doors and this church would no longer be here, would the community be changed in any way? Would they even notice? Would they know that the church is no longer there? 
I said, we have to make a difference. Works of service. And they don't have to be big things. I was talking to somebody this past week. And he, he was telling me about the new pastor that they had gotten. And he, he, he said, yeah, he was good. good. He was glad he was there. But he said, he's challenging us. He's, re he's really challenging us. And he said, I'm semi-retired. I'm 70 years of age. And I don't really know what that means for me. I mean, what can I do? Well, I'm here to say this morning to those of you who are listening online or those of you who can't get out of the house, there are so many ways that you can minister even within your home. You can pray, which is crucially important. But you pray for the congregation, for the church, for the teachers, for the pastors and, and the staff members and, and, and its ministry. You can send a note, a text, an email, or make a phone call, and you can give a gift it doesn't have to be a big one. Each of us in our own place has to determine what kind of work of service does the Lord expect from me. That's what's important. And it could be what some of you people have done here for years already, going to Degazier, serving a meal to those poor people that, that are homeless, that have, have very little in life. Or those of you people who work here with Family Promise right here in our church. There are so many, many ways. Or as two women did last Sunday, they brought some bought some groceries and stopped at the home of a parent who, whose son was killed in a snowmobile accident. Just going to the house, few hugs, a few tears, five minutes and they were gone. See, it's that kind of ministry that Christ expects of us. And he doesn't look for anything exalted or great. And then the church. The Ivanwist congregation, its leadership, staff, elders, and deacons, they have to say, what is our responsibility, first of all, to our own members, but what's our responsibility to the community? How can we really make a difference in this community? How, how will they sit up and take note that we are here? The people that live all around us, because there are just so many needs. If there's one thing that I've learned since I've been retired, how many needs there are within the church, but also outside of the church. I've mentioned before that we used to go to the Holland Rescue Mission regularly, and you see the poor people there, and, and you have homeless people that, that don't know where to go. There's a motel ministry that we were a part of for a little while. The, the opportunities are endless, and you and I... As Brandon pastors among us and preaches, we listen and we ask, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? The Ivanhoe Church is moving into a new chapter. The old is gone. People like me are going to disappear. And the new is come. Brandon has been appointed by God to be here. And if we work together, if we work together as, as Brandon with others, pastors and, and preachers and teachers, and as we listen and ask the question, what does it mean for me? Then you see, says Paul, we'll mature. And the body of Christ will be built. And somehow, through those works, our Father in heaven is glorified. Brandon and Sarah, we're just really grateful that the Lord sent you here. Uh, 
I, I think that, that you guys are going to love the Ivanrest Church just as much as we loved it when we were permitted to serve here. And we still love it. We've been in different churches, but we have not found a church that we like as much as the Ivanrest Church. So welcome to you and, and wish you God's blessing. And I know that the people here will love you and you will love them and you'll work together in perfect harmony so that more and more what Paul talks about in Ephesians 4 will come to pass and the church of Christ will be built and Christ will be exalted and the Father in heaven will be glorified. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so grateful for the promise that you will build your church, that nothing can ever overcome it, even though things change. And it doesn't stay the same. And we're just so grateful, too, for sending uh, Brandon and Sarah here, that they're here now, that they're already beginning to get to know people and that, it, that they will go out of their way to, to work and to, to inspire us and to challenge us. But, Lord, we, we want to work with them and we want to be there for them and, and we want to support them in every way. We thank you for the Ivanmas congregation, for the leadership, for the uh, elders and deacons, the other staff members too, Lord. And we just pray that they may be one in spirit and we ask that we all of us may be much in prayer for the gift of the Holy Spirit on this congregation so that your name may be exalted. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.